it's a it's a real encouragement to me to see the Lord laid it on your heart to be here. It really is. I remember uh, uh, Brother Walter. How many uh, midweek meetings <laughs> in Merida? There wouldn't be a lot of people there, but he'd just say the same thing in Spanish. It's it's animal, pardon me, animal encouragement. <laughs> it really is. I I thank the Lord. I praise Him for your uh, for your faithfulness to come. Uh, but it's nothing to do with faithfulness now, is it? <laughs> we need to be here. We do. Uh, I couldn't help but think of our our brother uh, who who penned that that wonderful uh, hymn we just sang. I'm sure you had in mind uh, the wonderful portion there, Psalm 23. <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. And then it concludes there. Verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And uh, uh, I trust uh, it's the same with you. You think about our brethren that are no longer in this time state, and you ponder, you you try and bring to mind (laughs) what's it going to be like. And... uh, it's going to be way beyond we can ever bring to mind right now. I mean, all we can think about is we're in this body of death where no good thing dwells. We're carrying around this cadaver. <laughs> and, you know, we, we rejoice that we'll see him face to face. But right now, uh, I just see myself face planted <laughs> before him, uh, thanking him, kissing his feet. What does it say in uh, is it, uh, Psalm 2? We'll look at this in a moment in our study, but it's a good verse. So many wonderful verses that the Lord hides in our hearts as we grow in the grace and the knowledge of His Son. It says there in uh, Psalm 2, Kiss the Son, verse 12, Kiss the Son, lest you be angry and you perish from the way when His wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed, happy, <laughs> glad, are all they that put their trust in Him, our never-failing Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now tonight, we're returning to our study in the Gospel of Matthew. And we'll be looking at this portion of Scripture that begins with an interruption. We read in Matthew chapter 12, beginning in verse 46, While the Lord yet talked, while he was yet preaching to the people, behold, his mother, Mary, his brethren, James, Jude, and perhaps others, they stood without desiring to speak with him, desiring to interrupt him while he was yet preaching. What what a thing. Our Lord is preaching and teaching people, and his mother and his immediate family are trying to interrupt his ministry, his preaching, his declaring the word of God. And the Lord rightly ignores his earthly family. You know, they're, they're calling for an audience with him, and he ignores them. You see, his heavenly Father had given him a greater call, a call to preach the gospel of the kingdom. Remember, he said, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Verse 47, Then one said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to speak with thee. But our Lord answered and said unto them, said unto him that told him, Who is my mother? And who are my brethren? 
And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold my mother and my brethren. For whosoever should do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. Whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. Now, our Lord spoke of the will of the Father previously. Uh, Turn back a few chapters. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, he declares, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name done many wonderful works. Rather, rather, uh, verse 22, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. And that word knew, that's a word that speaks of love. In effect, the Lord tells them, I never loved you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. At the local coffee shop in town, uh, they have a a big uh, chalkboard sign. And on that chalkboard, they have written out in large letters, Jesus loves you. Now that statement was clearly written by men and women who hold the truth in unrighteousness. I mean, it would seem that it was written by them who have neither repentance towards God nor faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And just one word added to that chalk message. One vitally important, blessed word would speak of someone who has repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Too bad I couldn't find any chalk. (laughs) Because I sure wanted to add that one word. You see, they wrote... Jesus loves you. And just adding one missing Christ-honoring word would make that sign okay. Do you know what word was missing? You know, the Lord said in another place, uh, John chapter 14, He says, uh, If a man loves me, he'll keep my words. If, if a man loves me, he'll keep my saying. I'll, I'll read this to you now. And these words, we love Every word that's ever been uttered from the lips of our blessed Redeemer. And he says in John 14, verse 23, he said, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me. So what is that one missing word? Sinner. I'd like to just, <laughs> just as in big, the same big letters that they wrote, Jesus love you, put right in the front. In the front. Sinner, Jesus loves you. Now, the, Lord, the Lord looks on the heart. He doesn't look on the outward. And there are real sinners in this world. And every single one of those real sinners, the Father sent his Son into the world to save them. So I have no problem with a big sign that says, Sinner, <laughs> Jesus loves you. Because he does. He does. I'm not talking about those who pretend at it and look down their noses at other people. I'm talking about those who are in the dust because the Lord put them there in love 
and mercy and grace. He puts his people in, in the dust. Our Lord declares in Matthew chapter 9, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. You see, as it is written, as he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then salvation is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. Uh, look what it says in Ephesians chapter 2. I just feel like looking at this verse, it's such a blessed verse. Galatians or Ephesians chapter 2. Look what it says in verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And then in Titus chapter 3, Titus chapter 3, it says there, verse 5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. Sinner, Jesus loves you. And He's loved you with an everlasting, never-changing love. The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, a never-changing, immutable love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Jeremiah 31.3 And our Lord declares, Whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. So what are, or rather, who are they that do the will of the Father? Well, that begs a question. What is the will of the Father? Our Lord declares, This is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, all which the Father hath given to me, his well-pleasing Son, that of all which my Father has given to me, I should lose nothing, but raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him, every one that is looking to Christ for salvation, may have everlasting life, and I will raise them up at the last day. We read in John chapter 6, beginning in 24. If I ask that question again, what is the will of the Father? I believe our Lord sets it forth very plainly and clearly in this portion. John chapter 6, verse 24. It says, When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping. That is, they got in their boats and they labored to travel from Tiberias and headed for Capernaum, seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, when they had found him there in Capernaum, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou thither? And the Lord Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life. For the Son, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. Again, verse 27. And these are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, our, our Lord and God. And he speaks with utter clarity. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Then they said unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? 
And the Lord Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he hath sent. This is the work of God, which worketh you in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure, that ye believe on the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one that the Father sent into the world to save sinners. I love what Paul writes in Colossians chapter 2. He writes there, beginning in verse 9, Beloved, in him, and that him is referring to the Son of God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As Thomas says, uh, and we say with him, our Lord and God, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. In him, rather, verse 11, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. This is the work of God, to believe on the one God sent, risen with him by thy God-given faith, which is by the operation of God, who hath raised his only, his only begotten Son from the dead. And, and we see there in Romans chapter 4, verse 25, how that the Lord Jesus Christ, he who was delivered for our offenses, was raised again for our justification. Now back to our portion in Matthew. Um, just before our Lord gets to this parable in chapter 13, we see our Lord's earthly family trying to dissuade and interrupt him. And as the crowds grow in size, the Lord Jesus leaves the house where they were meeting, and he sits by the seaside. Matthew 13, verse 2. And great multitudes were gathered together unto the Lord Jesus Christ, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Verse 3. And the Lord spake many things unto the great multitudes of people. He spoke to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. Verse 4. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. And verse 5. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. Verse 7. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. Verse 8. But thanks be to God, other seeds fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. In Matthew chapter 11, our Lord declares, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. I thank you, Father, because you have hidden these things of the gospel from many, from, from the self-righteous, and you have revealed these things of the gospel to your children. Our Lord says in Matthew 18, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, he shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. And Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 
He writes there in verse 14, Thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish. Glory to God, his babes are saved in Christ. Glory to God, the wise and prudent are condemned because they believeth not on Christ. And Paul continues in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, to the wise and prudent, to the self-righteous one of our gospel, our hope is the savor of death unto death, and to the other, to the babe, to the child of God in Christ, our gospel, our hope is the savor of life unto life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we, not, we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God, and the sight of God speak we in Christ. My friend, the, the Lord Jesus Christ is not in the business of saving everybody. He, he's not in the business of saving everyone. You see, he prayed, Father, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. He prayed, Father, not my will, but thine be done. And the Son knows the will of the Father. Indeed, he loves the will of the Father. And he thanks the Father for his will. We are able, by God's grace, we have this, his word in our hands. And we can listen to our great high priest pray, not for everyone, but for the covenant people, the people the Father gave him, and the covenant of grace to redeem, to wash whiter than snow, to to make the very righteousness of God in Christ. And in John chapter 17, if you turn to the prayer of our great high priest, we see him praying here. And he prays, Father, this is uh, into verse 1, the, the latter part there. Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also might glorify thee as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou, O Father, hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me. And they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee. And they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And so the Son of God, he understands that to some, the gospel of God will be death unto death. And to others, to his precious people, those that the Father gave to him in the covenant of grace, the gospel of God will be life unto life. You see, whether you bend the knee to God's king now, in everlasting mercy and grace, or you bend the knee to God's Son in everlasting misery in the grave, God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, 
that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so, my friend, kiss the Son, lest he be angry and you perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed, glad, happy are all they that put their trust in him. You see, some are going to be hardened and are not going to be able to make heads or tails of what he's saying. And we saw that in the portion our brother read to us there in Matthew. Turn back to Matthew chapter 12. He speaks, he says that there to his disciples, that they asked him, verse 10, why speakest thou unto them in parables? Verse 11, he answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you, given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Now look with me and... uh, Look what our brother John writes in his first epistle. You know, the the scriptures are available for anyone to read. And yet, those who have been passed by in the covenant of grace, they're not going to be able to grasp what the Lord is saying. You see, beloved, he only opens this book for his sheep. And our brother John knew that. Uh, he writes in First John, First John, Chapter 5, verse 20. Beloved, we know that the Son of God has come, and He hath given us an understanding. And and we have a little understanding. We have a little understanding, and we we grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, And He's given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true, and we are in Him that is true, even in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Now, in verse 18 of chapter 13, Matthew 13, verse 18, our Lord declares the meaning of this parable to his children. He says there in uh, Matthew 13, beginning in verse 18, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, Then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and shortly thereafter would joy receive it. You know, he he quickly rejoices in what he's heard. That's what that word anon means. It means quickly. And quickly with joy receiveth it. Yet he Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a little while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. And verse 23. But he that received seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word, and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit, and bringeth forth some 
a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Now here the Lord makes it clear in verse 23 how that he that receives seed into good ground is he that hears the word and understands it. And that calls back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. The Lord declares there, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Satan will bruise Christ's heel, a non-fatal wound, but Christ, the promised seed of the woman, he shall crush Satan's head. And in Genesis 3, verse 15, we see here the, the first biblical glimpse of God's grace and purpose of redemption, focusing ultimately upon the final defeat of Satan being cast into the eternal hell of fire. We read in Revelation chapter 20, Revelation 20 and verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundred a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He that heareth the word, both the written word the incarnate word, the word made flesh. And he that hears the word, well, he's one that grows in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And to Christ alone, to God's Son alone, be glory both now and forever. Amen. And he that hears the word is he that has submitted to the righteousness of God in Christ. Now listen to the testimony of our brother Paul. He that receives seed into good ground he that heareth the word and understandeth it. Remember what he said? Um, I remember I was in a Denny's over in Porter and we were talking about the gospel, just, just rejoicing about Christ and him crucified, how Christ is all. And uh, I said this out my mouth. <laughs> I said, um, I am what I am by the grace of God. And my brother looked at me and said, he doesn't say that. <laughs> doesn't say that, brother. And I just, okay, what does it say? He said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. What's the lesson there for us? It always starts with God's grace, and it finishes with God's grace. He's the author and finisher of our faith. He's the Alpha and the Omega of our salvation. And uh, I'm so thankful for those blessed details, the order so important. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And that's what our brother wrote. He writes there uh, in uh, 2 Timothy, by the grace of God. And in fact, the, 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 the Apostle Paul, this Jewish terrorist, <laughs> Saul of Tarsus, who, who's now the Apostle Paul, he's saying, by the grace of God, I hear the word of God and I understand it. And he writes to young Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Uh, beloved, there's going to be moments in the life of every believer that, that where the Lord calls upon us to fight the good faith of, or the good fight of faith. And in those difficult circumstances, 
in all those God-sent trials and tribulations. Beloved, remember it and never forget it. Our Lord declares, not only to beloved Paul, but he says to you, beloved, my grace is sufficient for thee. My grace is sufficient for thee. Paul writes, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. And for this thing, for this trial, for this painful difficulty, for this pain in the flesh, for this difficult persecution, this difficult trial, I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And my Lord and my God said unto me, and, and, and he's speaking to Paul, but he's also speaking to us, beloved. He said to Paul, Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And so we say with our brother, Lord, since your grace is sufficient, since your grace is meet for every trial you send to teach me in love and in mercy, most gladly, Therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Lord, I know all these things are working together for my good. I love you because you first loved me, being called according to your grace and purpose, given me in Christ Jesus, my Lord, Jesus Christ, my righteous advocate. He that received seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it. Um, one old writer observes, he that hears the word and understands it is compared to good ground that received seed. And having been given a new and spiritual understanding, he feels the power of it on his heart. That is, he has an application of it made to his heart by the Spirit of God. And now he can, by God's grace, discern the worth and excellency of the word of God and distinguishes it from all other so-called holy books. Mark says he receives it as the word of God in faith, and with the love of it, and with all readiness and meekness of mind. Luke observes he keeps it. That is, he holds fast to it against all opposition and will not depart from it, not in the least, not, not entertaining any doubt about it, but abides by it, stands fast in it, and fights the good fight of faith for it. And this he does in and with an honest and good heart, which, of course, no man has naturally. Nor can any man make his heart honest and good, for this is the work of God and is all owing to his effectual, irresistible grace. This is the new opened heart, a right heart and spirit, a new heart to fear God, to love him and to trust in him, in which Christ dwells by faith, in which the spirit of God has his temple and in which every grace is implanted. And such a one hears with a strict and an honest intention and in the exercise of grace, so he holds fast the word he hears, understands and receives it with all faithfulness and honesty. Uh, not too long ago, we had a visitor, the uh, the apostle, we'll just leave his name off, and uh, he uh, started to understand a little bit about what we were intimating. I was being clear. Uh, the conversation ended with, you're saying that Jesus Christ shed his pre precious blood for every single person? Well, he didn't say that. He said, the Son of Man did not come into the world 
to be served, but to serve and give his life a, man, a ransom for many. That's recorded two times in the New Testament, and we read about that in, in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 11. And he said this, he said, uh, well, why should we, uh, why should we preach the gospel if he's only going to, you know, save his people? What's the point of preaching? It's like, uh, cause he said so. <laughs> That's reason enough. Do you not have my Lord? Cause my Lord spoke. Uh, Matthew chapter 28. <laughs> now you're listening to me. Speak to this because there was a time, oh, horrible thought. You know, people compare, you know, preaching the gospel and they try and lay a burden on someone and they say, if you saw somebody in a burning building, wouldn't you just, wouldn't you go in and run in there to try and save them? And they try and put burdens on them. Here's the reason and the reason alone why we preach the gospel to every creature. The risen Lord Jesus Christ Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. The the risen Lord of lords, King of kings, God's well-pleasing Son. When they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some doubted. Verse 18. And the Lord Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Any man who's leaving off who he died for is not teaching everything he's commanded. It's not as yet heard the gospel. I'm not the judge of the man. But I'll tell you this, he's not repented, has no repentance towards God, neither faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. For he's spoken. And we love his words, beloved, because he first loved us. He that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some an hundred, some sixty, some thirty. Beloved, the heart of a believer is opened and made good by sovereign grace. For every man's heart by nature is evil. And so this good ground, this hearing and understanding is holy by God's grace, not man's improvement, not man's figuring it out, but by God-giving revelation, God-given understanding. And the union one has with Christ makes that blessed soul the humblest soul. Uh, what comes to mind when I say that? I hope you're thinking about our brother Paul. <laughs> You talk about the humblest soul. He writes to his beloved brother, Timothy. Timothy, a true and faithful saying, worthy of all acceptation. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. I'm the chief one here tonight. How about you? <laughs> if you say you are, well, we might have a little discussion afterwards. <laughs> what are we saying when we say that? We're saying, I, I need him more than anybody here in this auditorium. And then my brother or my sister would just say the same thing. <laughs> no, I, I need him more than you do. What mercy that he shows us just a little bit about ourselves, enough to know that we're sinners, that we're bankrupt, that we're broke, that we have nothing whatsoever to commend ourselves into his grace. And we look to Christ alone. We come to him like that leper of old. And we... 
we, we fall down before him and, and worship him in our hearts and confessing before him, Lord, if you're willing, thou canst make me clean. And we hear again, and it's like we get born again all over again <laughs> when we hear the gospel. We hear him by the Spirit saying again to us personally and particularly, I'm willing, be thou clean. I'm willing, be thou clean. For my blood is all your pardon, and my life is all your righteousness. And uh, what else can be said? It's, it's, um, it's all grace now. And it'll be all glory forever and ever. My friend, do you heareth the word and understandeth it? Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. What good news for sinners tonight. Amen.